1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the GC Sunscast My name is Shane, joining me on the phone is Tom And we are here to discuss all things Gold Coast Suns Some may call us the uh, Gold Coast Suns 360 I may be referred to as Jared Waitley of the Gold Coast Suns chat And uh, that would make my good friend here Tom the Robbo So (laughs) welcome to the show
2: I think I think uh, I might have said that to you, and it's your way of, of uh, giving me a backhanded compliment. <laughs> um, how's your week been, Shane?
1: Yeah, it's been quite busy. Uh, my work's usually keeping me keeping me running around. Um, you know, the election was on. We won't go into that because I've blocked you on Facebook. I was just sick of all of your election rants. I'm not one to get too caught up in it. Um, but let's focus on the footy. We've got a lot to talk about today. We've got the Port game to go over. We've got to look forward to the Geelong game and Sir Doug Nichols round this week. Um, yes. And we've got a bit of a deeper topic to go into. We're going to, try, we're going to discuss a topic that's happened during the week to one of the close sons. And um, I guess that's probably going to just naturally evolve into something a bit deeper and a bit wider than just sticking to the Gold Coast Suns and probably look at it from a, a AFL perspective as a whole um all right but let's start off by jumping into the news and you've come across a article in the Gold Coast Bulletin by Tom Boswell regarding yeah. Connor Bedarek
2: that's right yeah Tom. Tom's a great writer for um, for the Suns he, he um He's usually right on the money, and I enjoy reading what, he's, what he what he has to say, uh, and especially when he agrees with what I have to say. Which is, uh, I'll say it again: Connor Bedard is a is a dead set certainty to be drafted by us this year. Um, look, it's not just Tom; he's he's uh, referring to to conversations by Cal Toomey and, and Luke Power, who are also predict that Connor will will go high in the draft. Um, look, uh, not much more to say about it because we all know that Connor's a, a great little player. Um, he is a little fella, but look, you you know, you you need the little guys as much as the big guys. So um, yeah, really excited to see how how Connor goes, and good to see him, you know, in in the main news area there because he is only an academy player, um, and he'll be he'll be uh, playing for the Allies in their practice matches in the next couple of weeks against Vic Metro and Vic Country.
1: Oh, that's great! How do you say his name? I've heard on I, the um, uh, the podcast with Kau they called it Butterick. Yeah, I, I say it more along the lines of Badarick.
2: Yeah, yeah. Who's no, right? Well Who's look, wrong? I've, I've, I thought Badarick was the right one because that's what the Nephil commentators used. Um, there is a Butterick who plays for the NT Thunder. And I don't think he's and Butter and 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 Connor's not the first in the family to come through the Labrador Tigers, so we'll have to find out. <laughs> I, I I I've heard him recently uh, on a podcast called Butterick, um. So, and that was Luke Power, so he'd know. So we'll we'll see.
1: Okay, well, anyone from the. Uh butterick or bedarick family is listening any close friends you know get in touch with us at the gc suns cast and let us know how to pronounce it because i think we're going to be saying that name a lot more in future episodes um also if you're new to the gold coast suns cast you can find us over at twitter uh at gc Sunscast. we're also on facebook and youtube just search gc suns cast um and tom how can they listen to our episodes
2: Oh, there's about 50,000 different ways to listen to our episodes, but obviously you've got your – we've got a YouTube channel you can subscribe to. What what else are we on? We're on SoundCloud. And and, uh, look, basically, if you already access podcasts um, on the internet – then chances are we're somewhere in your provider. Uh, and if you're not really used to checking out podcasts, you can always just go to iTunes. You know, um, Just Google GC Sunscast and you'll, you'll find a, a whole list of places where we are. And obviously the more people who are doing searches for us and, and, and listening to our podcasts through the different stations, it makes it easier for us to find. But um, instructions are on our Facebook page if that was all a bit too fast for you.
1: Yeah, it's probably easier just to find us on the Facebook page. That's where we put all of our links. Uh, If you are tech-inclined, we are on Google and Apple Podcasts. As Tom mentioned, iTunes is the same as Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify and iHeartRadio. So if that's your jam, you know, it's a bit easier there to to find us. Um, And all this is possible thanks to our Patreon donors. So I'd like to go ahead and thank Old Soul, Jack's dad, Paul Vosty, Tom Kim, Chris Moore and James Wood for donating to the show and keeping it running each and every week. Alright, with that out of the way, let's jump into the Gold Coast Suns vs. Port. Uh, Gold Coast Suns, 51, defeated by Port Adelaide, 89. So we end up going down by 38 points. The only multiple goal scorer for the Suns was Alex Sexton with two goals.
2: Um, he got there pretty early too
1: He did uh, It was a game Where the Gold Coast Suns Were right right in it From the very start But by the end of the game they'd faded out of existence uh, We only kicked one behind In that last quarter So that brings back some scary memories From around this time last year uh, And one goal one In the third quarter So after half time the Suns were only able to kick One goal two not exactly a good effort um, on the scoreboard, and that was probably just due to I don't think it was our forwards, I think it was uh, our midfield. Um, Port just really got on top of us. And if I looked at some stats here, uh, we did win the clearances 42 to 40, but we lost a contested possession 179 to 162, and that pretty much says it all. Port Adelaide were. More ferocious, more hard at it, and more skillful with the ball after half time.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was probably two and a half quarters there where the Suns were really scrapping for the for the lead, and um, and in in the lead for most of that time. Uh, although they never by very much. So to Port's credit, they pretty much answered everything the Suns could throw at them. Poor couple of goals in a row in the in the second quarter, and the Suns responded. I thought pretty well. Um, the, the, the The elephant in the room for me is that there were twelve free kicks to put Adelaide in that third quarter, and, and I just think that 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 kind of that, that that allows opposition to come at you in waves, and and when they're assisted by them, I'm not saying that that the the free kicks were all Bogus. Some of them were pretty soft. Some of them were pretty weak, and definitely you could argue half of them were, un, you know, unnecessary or inconsistent. Probably is the best way to describe it because we were getting pinged for things that they were getting away with. So yeah, I couldn't get past that. The commentators couldn't get past that, and then you know what happened? My my fox dropped out, and I could just see that it was going to be a, a slaughter in the final quarter, and I wasn't even wasn't even really that upset that I couldn't watch it. Just uh, watched on my app and, and watched Port Adelaide keep going up by a goal or a point or a goal or a point and saw that we weren't doing much in response. Okay. Uh, yeah, disappointing.
1: You mentioned free kicks. The final free kick count was actually in the Sun's favour. It was 25 I know, to yeah. 22. I, yeah. I do feel your pain watching that third quarter. It did seem like, basically, after half time, it felt like all the free kicks were going way off port. Uh, I did feel it was probably the other way in the first half. We were getting a lot of the rub of the green. Uh, If we go back to that third quarter, probably the talking point with the free kicks there was Darcy McPherson gave away four free kicks in about five minutes of gameplay.
2: Yeah, against Uh, the same player.
1: Yeah, uh, you watch the game and watching those free kicks over again, they didn't really feel like they were massive free kicks they just felt like maybe they were little slight infringements um but i i think what's made it an issue is that it was four free kicks in the space of five minutes there um, we, we we're not part privy to what was going through darcy's head you know was he getting wrapped up with the uh, his uh, teammate his opponent was he was were they getting under his skin or maybe he was just, uh, just the sort of bloke that gets nut. Nah, this is it. I need to, I need to pull the team along, and he just puts a bit too much effort and energy into everything, and doesn't stop in time to to stop a free kick. I mean, I played footy like that as well. I, I was quite hard at it, and I'd very very often push the uh, push it to the edge. I'd get warned several times by the umpires for knocking the player over, uh, you know, several seconds after he'd taken the mark or something. So I I sort of understand if that's why uh, he gave away those free kicks.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, he he laid 12 tackles, so the the, the, the free kicks are going to be there. Eventually, the chances are you're going to get a bit high or get a bit in the back or whatever. But I just think... A free kick just deflates the team. And another thing, it's real—it's—it's it's, it's really, it's really affecting a lot of games is this, is this thing where the referee... Well, sorry, getting, getting stuck on my uh, cross-code there. The umpire will blow the whistle and the defending players stop because they don't want to give away a 50-metre penalty. And then the offensive players have a couple of seconds to assess, look around them and go, OK, should we play on or not? And if that happens, it should be brought back. You've well, that happened last arc. week
1: with Melbourne. You know, the yeah. the Suns players were running into a goal to kick a goal, and yeah. that that didn't. You know, they just said play on, despite the fact I think it might have yeah. been Ainsworth had pretty much come to a stop.
2: Exactly. Um, yeah,
1: yeah I, I don't know if it's the umpiring this year, or am I being more perceptive this year than previous years? But I just feel like umpires in general aren't getting as many correct decisions or they're missing more than what they have mm-hmm. in previous years.
2: Uh, I think they've got more more things to be aware of and think about too. So, yeah. you know, you can't be too hard on them when they've got to be worried about new rules like keeping the nine metres when they mark it. There's nine nine new rules came in. So I'm not even going to go through the whole lot of them. So there's nine extra rules. They don't exactly replace... Old rules—they're just extra things. So, I don't—I don't mean to blame the umpires. It's just when umpiring is inconsistent, that that suggests something else is going on. Like, are they being coached the umpires at halftime to say, "Oh, you're giving the goal coach too many things here. They're getting away with this and that," or "I want you to, you know, be be extra hard on out of bounds on the on purpose." And it's just, it's just yeah, it's just weird. I mean, you, things go for you, things go against you, and you, and and you go, you know. So what? I didn't even isolate that as a in the Melbourne game as a as a game changing thing. But now that you mention it, it's a goal. We lost by a point, so of course it's a game changing I mean, you know, it would have changed the whole complexion of the game, and maybe Melbourne beats us by fifty points. And you know, it's it's you can't say it cost us the game, but it. You know these little things, so. I think one one um, fan, I think, wrote uh, wrote about the, the the third quarter, which the umpires definitely influenced with the... You know, there were times in the game where one side was getting the rub more, but definitely that third quarter changed the game, and, and the Suns need to build their resilience so that when this happens and when you have a few goals scored against you, you have to get the next one and get back into the game because if you don't, you're going to get flogged by... By a margin, when you don't deserve to, they, they they played very very well. Finally, we're winning the clearances. Finally, we're winning the stoppages, right. and, and against Paddy Ryder and Scott Leysett, those guys. Leysett's a Premiership ruckman. Like that, that was a brilliant effort by the midfield without without Tuk Miller.
1: Yeah, it was. But just before we touch on the positives, I've got one more negative to bring up, and that was the one percenters. Uh, Port Adelaide thrashed Gold Coast in this statistic. Did they? Uh, yeah, they had yeah. eighty three one percenters to the Gold Coast's thirty nine. That's yeah, uh, that's that... just a huge discrepancy, and it's one percenters. That one percenters comes down to work ethic, to to doing the basics, to you know, tapping the ball to the right spots, just getting getting your body into those right spots. Um, I, I thought the Suns were great in that first half. I was Mm. thoroughly impressed. I thought it was probably the best first half of football I've seen them play for a long Mm. time. And Uh, just really
2: unlucky not to have a three or four goal lead either.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it was the sort of pressure they brought into that game which would stand up in the finals. Yeah, I've seen Mm. that pressure applied in tight, tough games in finals and that was the sort of pressure the Suns brought in that first half against Port Adelaide. Mm. Uh, Unfortunately, they weren't able to handle it it was an atrocious game for weather conditions the the rain was really coming down hard um mm. uh, and maybe i think maybe our boys just sort of tired out they would have had very heavy legs with that uh, that sort of weather and that contested game they were playing that uh, i think they just got tied out a bit too quickly and struggled to run out the game
2: yeah i think there's been a bit a and let's not forget, we're, the team's done quite a lot of travel, um, not nearly as much as last year, but, it, it, you, you know, we've done the Perth trips, we've done the Melbourne trips. This is our second Adelaide trip. So, you know, it's, it does catch up with the young guys. Um, mind you, I thought I thought there were guys who, you know, had been looking tired, like um, Charlie Ballard had been looking uh, like he could do with a rest, and then he comes out and plays one of his best games. So yeah you, you know and and, and thecocious has been given a bit of a, a license to play a different role and immediately gets better in front of his home crowd so those boys would would have had their, all their families and friends watching from the stand so they they didn't they walk away with their heads held high, but it's just that just that extra level that Port is able to go to, and they've got young players too so you know um, I thought maybe King in the wet was just a bad luck. You know, like big guys come crushing back to the earth when when the, when the rain comes in that, and it really was bucketing down for a bit. Um, my personal feeling is that Sam Day was the better choice. Sam Day would have given a um, a, a better matchup for guys like Paddy Ryder, um, given yeah what what Ben King couldn't do. Because it was just not suited to him, Sam Day could do with his body size and his and his uh, you know footy smarts. So, uh, and that's just a small small criticism there. I know exactly why Ben King was selected, and last week I called for one or the other of them, so I got what I wanted. Yeah, uh, I thought
1: so. I thought King was good in his debut game. It was very very tough for a uh, key forward over two hundred centimeters to to perform in that sort of weather. Um, especially in his debut game. Um,
2: I, I thought his stats were a bit stiff too. I noticed there was one hand that he – it was a short hand pass, but they they gave him an ineffective hand pass. And I, I thought, well, it found its target, and then the target got pushed out of bounds. So that's an ineffective pass. I don't know. Um, and I thought he had more than five touches, I guess um, – Disposals is what they're, they're talking about there, but he was he was there pressuring the ball over the line. He was he was in at the contest, so and there was also um, that
1: mark that wasn't paid in the first or the second quarter. I mean, it was clearly touched, yeah, at full flight in the air, and he he ended up yeah. bringing it down, but the umpire yeah. decided not to call it.
2: Um, That's yeah. right. I think there was a couple of times where he could have had marks, and either the slippery ball or that extra pressure, the one percenters that the port defenders were, were exerting, um, really showed him up because he's just not quite ready.
1: Yeah, I mean, he he laid... Um, so he had five disposals, three of them were contested, so that's a good sign that he's getting in there using his body when he is reading yeah. the ball. He did look a little lost at times early on, but that's expected. Um, look, I saw enough signs from him with his leading patterns and stuff to suggest that he he is going to be a good player and he just needs mm. that bit of time to to adjust to the level whether he keeps his spot for this week i'm not quite sure yet um it's really going to depend on injuries and we'll we'll talk about that in a minute um mm. all right well who were your 321 votes for this game
2: uh yeah good question um i think you'd have to be mad if you didn't say that that Fiorini wasn't the best player for the Suns. Um, the thirty-eight disposals is just, you know, thirteen contested. It's just amazing, um, and considering he'd been out, so um, obviously that was just precautionary. And and he's come back fit and firing, and and you know, showing leadership too because Tuukka Miller being out is, is a big blow for us. So um, yeah, I thought he was terrific, um, and and Jack Bowes was just hard at the ball all day. He, you know, he, if he couldn't win it, he'd at least make a contest of it. Very few errors. And, um, yeah, there's a lot to like about Jack. And I actually, even despite his his brain fades in the third quarter, I, I thought Darcy McPherson was actually one of the guys who was really trying to get the team into it. And that's why I was frustrated by the free kicks because he he wasn't malicious. He wasn't vindictive. He wasn't trying to injure somebody he was he was trying to get the ball he was trying to get the team going forward and um and the and the, and the umpires just kind of put him out of the game but 12 tackles he made um yeah the 20 possessions were were, were handy um and he also had a goal assist darcy so those are my three
1: yeah i can't fault that mcpherson definitely gets a um an honorable mention for me so there's ainsworth as well he had 27 pressure acts so those two Mm. boys were great they they provided their hard contested footy and were able to produce a little bit of skill on the outside ainsworth finished with the goal as well all right my three two one well the three votes obviously no brainer fiorini 38 disposals four marks five tackles And a 674 metres gained. So he was the best for the Suns as far as moving the ball. Uh, Lockie Weller gets my two votes with 24 disposals, 4 marks, 518 metres gained. And Mm. what was probably most impressive impressive about Weller's game was he was the most effective Sun using the ball with 83%
2: disposal efficiency. Which in the wet is just incredible. He had a couple of clangers, but you're, you're you're entitled to, aren't you? If you if, if everything else is hitting the chest,
1: and he uh, he kicked a beautiful torp as well coming out of the uh, the back half there at one stage, and the other bloke that kicked a beautiful torp was Jack Bowes, who gets the one vote. Uh, his twenty four disposals and sixteen contested possessions was really crucial, and he obviously kicked a goal as well in that game. Um, so yeah, that's backing, my three 2 one.
2: Backing up, you, you can always find Bosey in the goal square, can't you?
1: Yeah, he does like to get behind and get a goal. Uh, it's yeah. good. We need more midfielders with that goal sense. And this year That's we're it. starting to find them with Fiorini and Boz kicking goals. All right. Do you have any highlights from this game? Do we have a water performance moment? I struggled to find one.
2: Yeah. Um, you know what, actually? I, I think uh, I would, I'm would. i not even going to isolate them, but um, the Fiorini's goal The first goal. When when the Suns get the first goal, you know they're up and about, and, and 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 it was um your your favourite kind of um or maybe not favourite, but um you've coined it the Sun the Gold Coast Suns wave. So the ball came into fifty and and it hit the deck, and there was, everyone was 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 trying to trying to pick it up and it was a little bit greasy and and uh, Fiorini just picked it up and, and, and plonked it on the left and threw for a goal and, and all the Suns were up and about and, and Fiorini was, was was had got that start to his game that he needed to to, to propel him to the game that he ended up with. So um, yeah that was that was it for me.
1: Well Fiorini you get the
0: Lucky Weller, what a performance
1: so you take it off your teammate Lockie Weller and you get the water performance moment off the week. Uh, we've got Robin Wyatt on the chat and she's saying Darcy first in my team. So she's obviously got a bit of love there for Darcy McPherson and uh, yeah. every, I think everyone really loves his hard at it nature, uh, his work ethic that he's bringing into that midfield.
2: Yeah, I think Robin's been a very uh, long time vocal uh, advocate for, for das. Um So you call it for him to come into the side when he was in, in they And uh, so that's a very consistent and, uh, and isn't it good when you, when you see your, your, your favorite player, who's an up and comer, um, you know, we, we called it last year that, you know, the Suns really missed McPherson when he, when he, when he got injured and he's been done so well to get back to where he is. Cause he was, he was not guaranteed top 22, And now you can't see him going back to the Nifl issue, can you? No. All
1: right. Uh, If you are listening live on the chat, jump in, have a chat to us. Uh, Let us know what you thought of Ben King's debut. Uh, It'd be interesting to see what other people thought of that. He didn't get much of the ball, but from my perspective, I thought he was doing enough stuff without the ball to, to justify it, considering it was his debut game as well. All right. Well, we've got some injuries to cover. So, the AFL.com.au uh, has just released an injury list, so I'm pulling this from there. Achi is listed as a test, so is Crossley and Fletcher, and two Miller. We've got Hanley, TBC, um, Rankin, two to four weeks, Shear, three to five weeks, and Young, three weeks. Okay, so... From that, it doesn't look like Hanley is going to be up and about for this game against Geelong, which I think we all realised that after we found out what happened to him last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuke Miller looks like he's a good chance to come back, and I think he would. We really missed a a midfielder in that game, and I think we may have been too heavy. So hence why I think King might be unlucky in uh, losing his spot this week versus Geelong. I just think we need that extra midfielder to create a bit more defensive pressure.
2: Yeah, uh, they they generally tend to try to give a few games in a row to a to 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 someone who's who's just come in. But I don't know in this case. I think I think you know he's been blooded and uh it was a needful week off so it was good for him to have that continuity. But, yeah, you're right, he might come out. But um, we, we, we still haven't heard any updates on Witsy.
1: Well, yeah, that's the other issue. If Wits is injured, surely we've got to go ahead and play Tom Nichols. Uh, we can't ruck mm. Peter Wright full-time.
2: No, uh, so probably probably we- Sam Day would have to come in as well, in my opinion, because Geelong's a big... They're big boys. And... Um, and, and I'd, You know, Nichols being two years since he's played an AFL game, he's not going to be able to last the entire game because no one can. And it's just the experiment of Peter Wright being the half-forward and the Ruckman, he can't do both. You know, he did did pretty well against two full-time Ruckman on the weekend, but doing pretty well and then not doing his other job very well, that's, you know, we want more than one or two goals out of him. So... You know, bring in bring in Sammy is what I say, but i can saying it all year.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not against Sam Day, but obviously, I don't think we can play four talls. Uh, I mean, you can Someone you can argue Lukosius can play on the wing, and I think that's where he's better suited. Yes, but yeah. at the same time, um, I don't think King Wright and Corbett between them has enough energy to. To apply pressure in the forward line, um, so I think if King stays, then maybe Corbett or Lukosius has to go out.
2: Yeah, I don't think it'll be Corbett. And Lukosius was better, but uh, he's still he's not going to he's not going to win a game for us at this stage. No.
1: Um, so I think maybe Brody or two Miller needs to come into the side. Hopefully, Miller will be fit. But if he isn't, I think Brody's got to pretty much be be given a shot here. I wouldn't say guaranteed because we've seen all year mm. that Brody isn't guaranteed anything. No. Um, the it other d- damning stat from this game that we're looking at is Geelong average over 100 points per game while the Suns mm. are only averaging 61. So very mm. opposite ends of the spectrum there. And it could get very ugly. If the Suns don't come in with the game plan and at the same time Geelong uh, come in without a couple of key players, it looks like Dangerfield and Ablett could be missing. Dangerfield's obviously got his ankle injury and it's been mooted for three or four weeks now that Ablett might be missing this game uh, more so rest and management.
2: Interesting, yeah, because he's starting to get Brownlow votes again. And he's up at the tribunal every week. Did he get? He didn't get suspended this week, did he? No, didn't? no, he didn't. He keeps getting. He keeps hitting blokes high. Um, yeah. Oh, look. We're going to get into a, a, a similar topic in a minute, but um, gee, I wouldn't. I'd hate it if Gaz comes back to, to Metricon and gets more than one boo, like boo him the first time he touches the ball. But then just leave it alone. Um, I don't know, like seeing Ablett get booed and uh and, and he, he he will.
1: Yeah, but I think it's it's a different case. Booing a player because he used to play for your team is fine. I don't think there's any insult or derogative terms towards that booing. I think the I mean yeah, let let's jump into this. So It's a real shame that this sort of issue is coming up Ahead of Sir Doug Nichols' round Where we uh, recognise the Indigenous figures in our game But there was an incident that occurred in the last week With one of our favourite sons, uh, Kalamachi Uh, He basically went into a shop and was I I guess you'd say it was racially vilified Um, He heard... Heard uh, the shop attendants Say things about him um, And probably stereotype Him who he was uh, Because of his, his the colour of his skin And The sad thing is this Apparently this is the second incident in the last One or two months So it sort of explains why We haven't seen much of Kalamachi We heard earlier in the year he was out with Personal issues and it's starting To become clear that this may have Been what part of it uh obviously not this incident that we've just brought up this week but an incident that might have happened earlier um Mm. i mean it's just a real shame that this sort of thing happens this day and age we put up a a facebook post when we heard about it from one of the family members of callum and you know we got so much good support so many people were just shocked that this happens this day and age yeah Um, so, I mean, I guess we really just want to bring it to people's attention that this stuff isn't on, you can't, um, stereotype someone, it's not right to stereotype someone anymore, it's not right to judge someone or say things about someone based on the colour of their skin, or the way they look, or their religious beliefs or political beliefs, uh, it's, it's just not, not cricket, is it?
2: Mm. no it's not it's it's really not and i i i I just i really this this one really affected me i just thought what what can we do and and you just feel so powerless because you just know that it's the 0.01 percent who who are responsible and everybody else just is disgusted by it but you know, if you're not there, if you can't see it, you know, you, you and 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 you respect the player's privacy, and you know the he, he has been injured as well. So you know, you're already you're already down and out, and then and then something like that happens, and and you know, you it's not the Gold Coast, right? It's not it, the Gold Coast isn't that place. You know, I grew up on the Gold Coast, and yeah, look, 35 years ago, it was pretty white. And, and pretty uh, blonde haired kind of place but it's always had this sort of multicultural mix and um, you know Polynesians and you know these days you could see a Japanese person who's got an Australian accent because their parents came here and they were born and bred here but they're 100% Japanese you know it's it's a really multicultural place and this 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 just isn't 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 representative of us it hasn't broken in the in in, in the press um, probably because you know it's personal and um, it does it sounds like the club's kind of you know managing it and he, he's getting all of the right support and and counseling and and time um, and he's injured anyway so he's due to come back this week we hope um, but you know the, this kind of thing it's it's um, Oh Jesus! It's, it's just, it's just, it's just really disappointing, and um, I don't think that if you're not Indigenous, I don't think you can really understand how much it hurts and how just how much it. You know, I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't blame him if he if he wanted to leave the club, not because of the club, but because you know this the club's not moving, and if if if, if he's feeling like people are are uh, you know in two incidents and people are behaving in this way. Uh, I really hope that the club follows through, and those those people, you know, I don't, I don't want to suggest a punishment for them, but you know, I hope I hope that there's consequences.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you can say it's ignorance. Uh, there's obviously a certain age group or generation gap that would be ignorant, and then there's also probably more of a another generation which would not really think about it and just just use it as a an insult i mean if you're having a crack at someone because of the way they look or their belief or something as obvious as that and you're insulting them on that that's just a really cheap insult it's really not worth it you're just like an absolute idiot um yeah you know this the thing to do is it's also if if you witness something like that you've got to. You've got to stand up and say no to that. I mean, mm. I work in an industry which is full of uh, different na- nationalities, different types of uh, people from different countries, and I work next to someone that's quite often will mutter under his breath or say something a, a derogative uh, racial slur, and I pull him up on it every time. I say no, you don't say that. You know, mm. don't. There's no need to say anything like that. It's just not on. Uh, and more people need to stand up and do it because, you know, what's the worst that's what can happen? I mean, you're helping someone, you're making someone feel uh, valued, you're making someone feel appreciated in the community. And essentially, that's what we hope for Kalamachi. We hope that he and his brothers, his sisters, all feel uh, appreciated. And I reckon every single listener of the Gold Coast Suns cast and every single Suns fan uh, would love to have him here and uh, be playing his best footy. And they don't give a shit what his, excuse my language, they don't care, you know, what he looks like, whether he's religious or not. So, you know, this sort of thing just isn't on. All right, well, I've had my piece... um, yeah we could we could really go into a rabbit hole talking about this stuff with all that stuff just come out
2: and it is is um just repeat what you said at the start which is uh, we had some really great feedback and uh, you know <clears throat> excuse me um, and everyone's wanting to wish Cal all the best
1: yeah absolutely so uh, hopefully callum and his uh, or his family or friends are listening to this and they get the uh, the you know, the energy, the support that we're trying to give out there for them. Um, let, let's let open this to a bit of a wider discussion as far as fan behaviour goes. I want to have a chat about that while we're mm. on this topic. Uh, mm. It's not often that we get to venture away from talking specifically Gold Coast Sun stuff. Um, but fan behaviour, not only on a racial level, but insulting players, insulting umpires um that's not on either that needs to mm. stop and i've been hearing a lot of this argument that uh punters come in they pay their money they're entitled to do that sort of stuff well no you're not mm. i mean you're working do you want someone hurling abuse at you while you're just trying to do your job whether you're sitting at a desk answering phones whether you're working in the supermarket. Or whether you're out on the road as a construction worker or something, do you want people hurling abuse at you, while you're tr- mm. just trying to do your job? That's not. All. Yeah,
2: when you when you go to work, you, you you don't deserve to to have these things said. Look at Tom Boyd; he's a premiership player. He's very very young. He's just retired. He's just walked away from millions of dollars because he just doesn't care anymore. And I got to say, last year I was at the Ballarat game with the Dogs versus Suns. And this, the Bulldogs supporters were horrible. They were – every time Boyd went anywhere near the ball, they were all yelling out stuff like, oh, you're just doing it for the money and, you know, you've got what you came for and now you don't have to play anymore. You know, it just worse than that. But, you know, like and, – and they were relentless the entire game. The poor guy, like, it's not a big stadium. You can You can hear what people are shouting out, especially in those lulls. Of the game, and you'd just get a, you know. I mean, there was one funny guy who who was who was yelling out supportive stuff, and, and uh, you know we all sort of laughed it off. But you could see the player was just tense. He had his back to that section of the crowd the whole time. He was missing kicks at goal. He was just down in the dumps. And I'm not surprised um, that. I, and, and I and I will say this strong, but uh, it's the Bulldogs fans that have pushed him to this.
1: Yeah, I mean, you said before you've got your opinion on booing and, mm. you know, to, to a degree, you're right. Uh, I, th- I also think that uh, players are also being put out there on a, a media pedestal in the entertainment industry. Essentially, that's what they are, they're athletes. But yep. this day and age, an athlete is an entertainer. So, you know, they're, they're going to be open to scrutiny uh, scrut- yeah, scrutinism and um, oh, my English has put me off a bit. Scrutiny, huh? scrutiny. That's the word, scrutiny. <laughs> They're going to be open to scrutiny and, uh, y- you know, criticism for what they do. And I think as long as that stays under what they do and not who they are, if you're not insulting mm-hmm. someone or criticizing someone for who they are and along the lines of what they do or what they have done, so their actions... I think yeah. it's all fine. Uh, I mean, I, some people can take it, some people can't, and that's where we then delve into this issue where we've got mental health and all this sort of stuff. I mean, that is real. Mm. My wife suffers from depression mm. and anxiety. So well, I, ne- at, I never used lens. to believe it was look. a legitimate thing until my wife started suffering from it. So I, I do understand it a lot better now, and I have cut back my, my behavior when it comes towards that sort of thing, but uh, we people are going through stuff, and we might not know what it is. So you have no. just got to be mindful that everyone's got a story, and you need mm. to mm. need to understand what that story is before you're qualified to make any sort of judgments or criticisms.
2: I mean, look at look at Lance Franklin and how much footy has he missed. You know, like if, if he doesn't. You know, if, if there could be thirty or forty goals that he might have scored and put him up higher on the all-time list, or they could have, you know, Jack Stephen might end up having to cut short his career because he just can't be a, a high-profile football and deal with his mental health at the same time. Um, you know, there's the, and they're just the high-profile ones. There, there are players who, you know, like Tom Boyd, Mitch Clark. A couple of years ago, he he was had the footy world at his feet and within half a season, he was, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that go into it, but I think the, what we'll be talking about in the next couple of weeks is the, the Adam Goods documentary.
1: Yeah, that's certainly going to come up. All right. We're we're down to our last few minutes, so we should really sort of get this episode back on track. It's sort of gone off the rails a bit here. <laughs> um, all right, so basically to summarise, we we just want fans to be more mindful of uh, the players and the people that they're they're interacting with. And uh, I, I well, think I think there's the a line umpire. They're, yeah,
2: they're going to feel it.
1: Yeah, we we saw the incident that's gone to tribunal tonight, uh, calling an umpire an effing cheat. Uh, there, there's yep. a line there uh, that above that line, you know, you can't criticize, you can't question someone's integrity or their personal ethics, things like that. Mm. Basically, and, and it's a
2: high-profile player too, so I think the the punishment shouldn't be a week off. It should probably be uh, maybe maybe mediation. Yeah, not necessarily with that particular boundary umpire, but with an umpire or a couple of umpires, and just sort of say, look, mate, you you've had a whole career of you know, laying into us. How about you set a better example and, and publicly apologise, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. All right, well, we should wrap this up. I mean, I think we've got our point across. Um, we're just against uh, racism and vilification on any sort of level, gender-specific discrimination, mm. mental health, all that sort of stuff. Everyone just needs to be, I guess, more human. Uh, Especially with the, the Sue right nichols
2: wrong. round coming up. Exactly. And, uh, and and just a quick prediction, um, Port usually flogs us and they didn't exactly give us a flogging, although it was a bit of a blowout in the end. Uh, Geelong has been putting us, torching us, absolutely killing us. I don't think they'll kill us, but they're just too irresistible for us at the moment. Um, so if we manage to beat them, that would be tremendous.
1: Yeah, I I do think that Geelong's a danger game for us. Uh, getting eerie, eerie feelings of um, this time last year. I think it was where we started getting some real floggings. Geelong was one of those teams that gave it to us.
2: Mm, uh, that was a big game last year. If, year, if
1: Dangerfield and Abloed are out, I think we've suddenly got a bit of a chance to, to sneak, a, sneak a win. Uh, but I'll be hoping that the Suns can keep it to below five goals. So, 30 points or less, and I'll be happy with that result. All right, one yeah. other thing. If you haven't checked out our Facebook page, go over there. We've actually posted up a picture of a GC Sunscast T-shirt. It's our first prototype of a T-shirt, and I'm planning on wearing it this weekend to the versus Geelong. So, if you see me, give me a shout-out. Say hi. I'm, I'm happy to chat footy as long as I'm not watching the game. And uh, that that'll be it. Time to go. Go yeah. Sons.
2: Go Sons.
0: Rumkey is hiring CDL drivers age 19 and up, and drivers are paid based on experience. Rumkey CDL drivers earn $1,000 to $1,300 per week.